0: 2018 sliding into home and wherever you are whenever you are and however you happen to be listening we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to DLC the downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be and that is completely free thanks to our sponsors this week Robin Hood Palm and Squarespace Squarespace. They're bringing the show to you, DLC, of course, the show, all about games and their many forms, games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Canada. that's spelled with two N's and one T, and I am joined, as always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis, the guy who still won't use the word best, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian.
1: Uh, you sound a little under the weather, buddy
0: yeah man uh, i i'm sick uh i am sick but it's not gonna stop me this is it this is our big game of the year show uh best game of the year no 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 we don't do that we don't do that we do favorite game of the year right christian you you will not on board with uh, naming the best we got to name our favorite game of the
1: year i mean you can name your best i will be naming my favorite that is that is correct and hopefully you have our special um you know
0: once a year, jingle ready. Oh, you you bet your sweet bippy! I got your I got the jingle. That's my favorite jingle that we have, courtesy of Sean Madigan. Uh, we will be playing that shortly. Uh, but yeah, this is it. We, we're doing a little earlier this year, but that's because um, uh, we're recording earlier. Also, because uh, you're listening to this, uh, it comes out uh, Christmas Eve, and so we're recording a little early. But we're doing our annual uh, big show where we're going to run down our favorites of the year, Christian. Vetoed the idea of doing best. So we're doing favorites. Uh I mean, our, come our, on. I vetoed it like five years ago. This is <laughs> I know, but I'm trying to we may have new listeners. I'm Got trying it. to keep Got them it. get them up. It's really just all about setting up the jingle. I'm just setting okay, up cool. the jingle. Uh and uh and I, I'm I'm on board with that. I think it is about favorites of the year. And uh I I am so pleased that we have a tradition now where we have the same guest with us every year at the end of the year, one of our favorite guests. You know that DLC always stands for your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, DLC stands for deciding our list of champions. And we have a champion, the champion of our show, one of our favorite guests, Anthony Taormina from GameRant.com, is back with us. Anthony, thank you for returning and bringing with with you your list of, of favorites of the year.
2: I'm here. Uh, I'm here to deliver my best games of the year.
0: <laughs> I am
2: here to participate Definitive. in a way that is different. I am here to also call out Christian for his <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> I'm here to deliver a different perspective than both of you because you guys like one, you know, and then yeah. and then I, this is me. And it's it's become a fun thing. I like... I like the week before thinking like, oh, I wonder what Christian's going to pick. wonder what Jeff's going to pick. bet you Christian's number one's going to. Usually Christian's is, it comes out of left field. The last two years has come out of left field. Not expected, but I'm very excited. I, I
1: You're I the lump of this.
2: coal, Anthony. Is
1: that what you're saying on this no, Christmas no, Eve? No, no, no.
2: Right? I, I'm like the guy, you know, where somebody's like, oh, well, they don't pick Dark Souls. Then here I am. Number yes. two on my list is Dark Souls. <laughs> That's and everybody's right. like, thank you. <laughs>
0: He yeah. saves us. He oh, saves so- us from mountains of email, Christian. Yeah, remember was, remember, remember
2: last year where you guys were like, I don't know where Zelda goes. And I was like, Zelda goes at number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's, that's, that's consistent. Yeah, yeah that that's game didn't did. hold up a year later though. <laughs> <What> is, <laughs> what I to we're going to go back. We're going to review our top five from last year. We also do something um, that I love that is our tradition that, you know, a lot of places do top 10 lists. I think 10 is too easy. Uh, we we get a little more specific, a little more rough on ourselves. We go top five, so it gets ruthless. You gotta you gotta chop that list in half from what most people are doing. But we also do an ancillary five. It's not our six through ten. No, no, no. It is uh, our diamonds in the rough, our dark horses, games that we think deserve another mention at the end of the year, but that probably nobody else is going to be talking about for game of the year. Uh, and, and we wouldn't really talk about for Game of the Year, but games that deserve here uh, at the end of 2018 to be brought up once again before we turn the page into 2019. So uh, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for us uh, reckoning with last year's list and looking back. We got a lot to get to. So let's start with that uh, wonderful bumper from Sean Madigan for Game of the Year.
1: Wait,
0: Christian won't like that. Huh? DLC's personal favorite games of the year, based on an incomplete sampling. I love the disclaimer at the end. That's my favorite
1: part. It gets more accurate every year. Like in 2014, <laughs> it was like, ah, eh, we played all of them, and now it's like totally incomplete sampling. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Every well, every
2: year before, hold on, but every year before we do it, I always think to myself. there are those people out there that don't like to pick it. And then I remember the jingle comes on in my head and I go, Christian's one of those people.
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, Christian's (laughs) one of those people. Well, before we get to our games of the year, our favorite games of the year, let's look back on uh, stories of the year. We do stories of the week every week. And uh, this episode, traditionally, we look at stories of the year game or uh, stories that uh, we think, had a big impact and stories that will resonate into years beyond, and will kind of uh, look back on as being meaningful for 2018. So, uh, I have a few stories picked out, but I'm curious, uh, Anthony, what you would consider to be uh, a story of the year?
2: For me, I think it's it's hard to overlook uh, the growth of Fortnite and Twitch streamer Ninja mm. as basically the biggest game in the world and the biggest personality and gaming in the world.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, Fortnite, this was the year that Fortnite became ubiquitous. It is a phenomenon that we have rarely seen. I think there's, I I would put, you know, Pac-Man and Minecraft and now Fortnite in that sort of pantheon. Um, It is, you know, you see national celebrities and sports stars talking about it. Drake gets on the, the, uh, the stream with Ninja, I think that might be the moment of 2018 for video games was yeah. when Drake and Ninja were streaming and everybody, it seemed, was watching it. Uh, so, yeah, yeah it I think was, that's
2: it was huge. Yeah, I think I think Fortnite as a game has become one of those games that, you know, people that don't know gaming know it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, every, everybody's kids know it. Everybody's, uh, everybody's family members know it. Everybody's playing it. It it is, uh, the dances are seeping into pop culture everywhere. It's, uh, well vice
1: versa, right? They were in pop culture. Now they're seeping into the game and now they're seeping into courtrooms.
0: (laughs) It's a bit of an Ouroboros eating its own tail. Um, Anthony, we didn't lose you. Did we? No, I'm here. Hello. Um, yeah. And I would go even farther and say, yes, Fortnite, for sure. Yes. Ninja. Yes. Streaming. Yes. That particular game. But I, I would even say that another facet of that story of the year is how Battle Royale as a mode has become a necessity for any kind of shooter. Uh, and we saw that uh, announced over and over and over again. Um, Call of Duty Battlefront, or excuse me, Battlefield, um, you know, all these games that have long storied histories now seem to need to have a Battle Royale mode. There are Battle Royale games popping up everywhere. It really is the uh, yeah. the genre du jour.
2: But at the same time, you got to wonder how much of that is because Twitch marketing is now like one of the greatest tools in the world. And there are so many like Ninja himself has basically admitted, I'm not really going to play anything outside of Battle Royale. So it's like, if you want to tap into that 50,000 plus vein of viewers, you, you kind of have to have a battle Royale, like the, the potential for uh, eyes on your game grows in by massive numbers on Twitch. If you just have a battle Royale versus just a regular game, it gets that kind of like instant attention and then it fizzles out. So I think it, yeah, it's, I think that there's just no way to look past it, at least for for right now.
0: Yeah, no, it's it's seriously, I think the story of 2018 and one that's gonna it's gonna resonate for a long, long time to come is Fortnite's the big dog, and, and it's gonna be interesting to see how long it stays on top and how Epic is gonna leverage that in all kinds of ways. Which brings me to you, Christian. I suspect I I have a feeling I know what your story of the year uh, is kind of uh, about. Well, I have two
1: that are, I think are tied, and we'll look back on them years from now with kind of equal weight. And one is I think I take your Fortnite and I I zoom it out a little further and look at just Epic, Epic in 2018 with Unreal Engine, the continued um, (laughs) de-escalation, reduction of price of Unreal Engine. And Epic Game Store, and then their crossplay stuff that we talked about. I guess it was just on last week's show, and all of this kind of being leveraged or demoed in Fortnite, and then made available for free to everyone. Um, I think that's huge. And then the other biggest story for me is the streaming future, and I think Google's Project Stream being announced, released so shortly after announced um, after it was announced. And working, at least for me, so incredibly well is huge. And I think I think we'll see those two stories converge <laughs> at, at some point in the future. But seeing those two things, kind of the proliferation of engine, availability of developer resources, where it feels like anyone can make a game, and then being able to play said game on any device, anywhere, anytime, I think is going to be a definitive moment of, of gaming in 2018.
0: Yeah. And and I think that's another one that we're going to see extend into years to come. And, and this is really the beginning of something that's going to have a big impact on the entire industry. You know, when when it becomes trivial to add cross play and cross uh, voice chat and all the features cross saves and all that stuff, when it becomes trivial to do that in every engine, which it seems like is going to happen relatively quickly it's just going to become completely standard for every game to support that and and uh, i think that's that's how it's going to be we're just going to assume that that's a that's a feature that every game will have
1: yeah i think that's huge because I, and i think it's you know showing uh how gaming can bring people together and that idea of we're like that for so many other things already where netflix doesn't matter what device you have what Where If I left off on my computer, it picks up on my phone or vice versa. And if I'm out and about and Anthony wants to play Destiny 4, I can partner with him and grind for a little bit on my phone and he can be on his computer and we can pick up and continue anywhere. I really think that's going to be the future of gaming in a way that where before I think uh, developers and publishers were trying to tackle this idea of taking games with you was the companion app. And if I'm going to look a little further future um i think that this idea of played anywhere on anything is going to have longer legs than you can't play the game you love because you're on the road why don't you dink around on this companion app and you can get points that you you know gold that you can bring back to your character in the real game i think now we're in a world where you have the real game wherever you are
0: yeah yeah i I, and i think that's going to end up being a net positive for gamers i think it's a it's a great convenience that I think everybody's going to appreciate and we're all going to look back on the time before it and wonder how, why it took so long, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I would add my, uh, my story of the year or a story of the year, uh, is, um, relatively recent one, but one I think is going to have big ramifications for the industry. And that is Sony pulling out of E3. Um, I think that is, uh, we've seen, weirdness with e3 we've seen various companies pull out and and have their own events right next to ea of course has their own event in hollywood that's not you know it's just concurrent but it doesn't really have anything to do with e3 microsoft is in the building right next door uh to the la convention center but not technically part of e3 although it feels you know it feels like it's an e3 anyway because it's right there but sony i think went farther and said, we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. Um, We will not be at E3. We will not have our own event during E3. It remains to be seen what that means. And if they will, you know, have their own Sony kind of announcement day or week or whatever event uh, at some other point in the year or around the same time in the year or or what that's going to, how that's going to play out. But I think it's a huge story for, E3 as a whole and the industry as a whole, as far as how that moment in the calendar year is changing and how the industry's announcement cycle is changing and how individual companies are handling their relationship with press and their relationship with their customers. And we've seen, you know, obviously we've seen Nintendo, uh, blaze a new trail with how they announce things and do, doing Nintendo directs, uh, you know, just whenever it's convenient for them, but still they kind of play the E3 game a little bit less so than they used to, but still it's, it's happening that week. And I think the fact that Sony is, is really going to do something different this year, uh, may break the entire pattern that we've seen established for, you know, 15, 20 years in the, in the game industry.
2: Yeah, I, I, I disagree. I think it has more to do with the fact that they just don't have anything to show that really? I, I think i think it's their way of saying like look last of us 2 is probably not 2019 28 or 20 yeah 2019 so 2019's like sony game is days gone and like ghost issues i don't Shumich, think that i don't is- think that's coming out next year like i i feel as if they they really stretched thin this year in terms of e3 i mean Jeff, you and I were there and it was, you know, it was, it was, they just didn't have a lot to show. And the stuff they did show was just kind of these pre pre pre-recorded demos. There was there, the hands-on stuff was just days gone really was like the marquee thing and Spider-Man which was not, is not that far from release. So it just, yeah, it seems to me like they just aren't going to have enough. And maybe the other element to it is they don't want to just, sit down, have not a lot of stuff, and have every person that sits down with them to interview them say, well, is the reason you don't have stuff because you're working on a new console?
1: Do you think that maybe kind of proves Jeff's point somewhere? I I agree with you, Anthony. I think that's that's possibly a large part of why they're playing out of E3 this year. But then I think that could give weight to Jeff's argument that – In years future or in months future, they just announce things when they're ready. Instead of trying to conform to some E3 press cycle, it's, oh, hey, we have a legitimate update for Last of Us 2. We're here's our Last of Us 2 direct. And we're, you know, Neil's sitting down to do a live stream. Tune in on Twitch at, you know, Tuesday at 6 p.m. And that's the thing.
0: Why wait? (laughs) Yeah, my, qu- back from- my oh, question. I get, I get you. Yeah, my question to you, Anthony, is: Do you think the year after next, Sony will be back at E3? Because I, I don't. do. Yeah, you do. I, I, th-
2: I think they'll be. I think they'll be back. And I think for Sony, it is E3. Really, I mean, look at look at what E3 did for the PS4, right. and and you know, Microsoft came out and said, "Here's the Xbox One, here's the price," and then Sony said, "Here's the PS4, here's the price," and it completely changed things. So I think to be in that context of the whole gaming world is paying attention. You're seeing different games. I think it's Sony every year has, has arguably the best bet at winning E3 quote unquote winning E3 because they have so many strong studios. They have so many uh, talented developers. They have so many properties that people want to see that I don't see them pulling out of E3. I think this was just a case of like, they had they, at the end of this, this year, they said, we're not doing PSX and we're not now we're not doing e- E3. So I think part of that is just like, we're in, we don't have much to show and we don't want to keep doing that. We want to give you what we've done in the past, give you a big meaty presentation for our press conference, and then give you hands on time with tons of our games. And I think that they're just going to wait till they have that and, and build that back up and then, you know, go from there. Cause Microsoft, Pulled out of E3, went next door, and their marquee game was Crackdown Three. <laughs> yeah, you know, so like, they very easily could have pulled out of E3 this year, and t- everybody would have
0: understood, but expected them to come back. That's interesting. I think that's an interesting perspective. I, I feel like this is a move that you do, and you don't come back from. I feel like it's, <clears throat> it's, um, it's a one dire- one way trip <laughs> away from E3, and I get that. You. Because of how it will change up the cadence of, of what they're doing over the year that they will find a new new way of communicating with their audience. And I think that I, – I I'm guessing – and this is just speculation obviously. But I'm guessing that the calculation that they're making is, yeah, maybe we don't have a lot to show. But also that winning of E3 doesn't really get us much. It, it, it It's a huge expense and a huge uh, bit of hoopla when we can – You know, it's like all these other tech companies are like, we can have an event that's all our own and everybody's just looking at us and not comparing this to anybody.
2: But to, to play devil's advocate to that, I would say look at your guys uh, winners for best game of show at E3 in in the past and look at your top, your top five lists for this year. Yeah. And no, I, I mean, they have, how can you, how can you, I feel like they just E3 sets them up for success Though it might not seem seem like it to us, because we're we're so there, we're so in it, we're not, you know, we're not watching it at at home, or we're not like just hearing about it on Twitter. We're like in there, and it's just kind of like we've become numb to it. And this year was a really bad experience for us. Mm-hmm. But I, I do, I think there is a lot of value, at least for Sony. Like other people, I can see the the value in in leaving, but Sony. I I just know of so many people that are like, I cannot wait for that Sony press conference, this Sony press conference, like E3 for a lot of people is that Sony press conference. It's not anything else. So I think them, yeah, them bailing on it. I think there are plenty of people that don't even know PSX
0: exists. (laughs) Well, it remains to be seen. I I think that's a really interesting perspective and uh, we'll we'll find out. Um, But uh, yeah.
1: Now DLC has to continue for at least another year and a half like we have to do another show for next next year's e3 just so we can resolve this issue you're
0: thinking it wouldn't what (laughs) i'm just
1: saying like i like lines drawn in the sand where it doesn't matter what happens (laughs) you know we're doing we'll get the gang back together for at least one more show
0: um are there any other any other stories that you guys want to bring up uh, of for the year that that really um you think are important temples for for understanding we talked
1: about this, Jeff, offline. And it's I don't know if it's understanding 2018, but I think it's a pin that we could look back come 2020 or 20, yeah, probably 2020. And it's these Microsoft acquisitions. We yeah. don't know yet like how important that is. Like right now, it didn't change much. Xbox One sales didn't go through the roof. Um there are no games to be seen from it, but the the studios are certainly very talented, and the games that these studios are releasing for Multi platforms <laughs> you know are like obsidian games like this game looks amazing. it's coming on playstation four too. um but these are <laughs> big pickups, so maybe twenty twenty five geez, I don't know, but at some point, I think we will look back on this and say this is how Microsoft right of the ship uh game pass and this and and this stuff will be has the potential to be big, but I think it's too early to say it was huge in and of
0: itself this year. Yeah, I agree, and I think Game Pass is going to be a huge story going forward too. Yeah,
2: Game and, Game yeah. Pass is Game Pass really like figured it figured itself out this year and became something that mm-hmm. you know even if you're not like a crazy Microsoft diehard, there's still a lot of games you get to play.
0: Yeah, and it seems like such a such a great value. Um, so I, I'm hoping that those those studios yield fruit uh, sooner rather than later because yeah. it just ups the value of game pass that i'm already paying for i I do (laughs) have
2: i have a few stories we can get through them great i think i think one of the big stories uh not just because of what had happened and how it it impacted a specific franchise but i think it is going to impact the larger gaming industry as a whole is the whole fallout 76 bag thing because Mm -hmm. i think it was a developer that everybody it's I, I think Bethesda and CD Projekt Red and maybe like a handful of others are, you know, they were thought bulletproof. You know, they thought they could they were thought they could do no wrong. And people I would put Blizzard in yeah, that. Blizzard group too. Yeah, yeah. D- Diablo Immortal is, a, is have- a good example. Yeah. 100%. And so they I don't think the bag is the issue. I think the bag is the symbol. You know, it's it's the thing that everybody kind of used as the tipping point of like these guys don't really have our best interests at heart all the time. Like they they are mm-hmm. just like any other developer. They're trying to nickel and dime us. They're trying to, um, you know, trick us in, in a way. And so I think that the reception to Fallout 76, while there are plenty of people that enjoy it, I think that the reception of like, this is not what I wanted. This is, you know, I was willing to wait until it came out. I even tried it. I didn't like it. And then it just seemed like, everybody wanted an excuse to just keep on bashing on the game. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that they felt betrayed by a developer that they thought could do no wrong, you know, that could deliver only exceptional games. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I think it extends to blizzard. Blizzard was like, we can do no wrong. Here's a Diablo game, not the Diablo game you want, but you're going to play it. Granted Diablo Immortal is going to probably make a ton of money plenty of people will play a fallout 76, a different story. But yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting to consider that. that Bethesda's next game. People aren't just going to be like, give it to me. They're going to say, well, hold on. Are there microtransactions? I think that on,
0: Are there this? It depends on what that next game is. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but And how long from now it is. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, I think you make great points. I, I think it's a really interesting shift in in some of those developers that had such um, uh, goodwill capital yes. that they had acquired from their from their user base to, and, and kind of I
2: know so bit. many people that were I would say like what games are you looking for the next the the you know next bit of the year to, through the, the end of the year and a lot of them would say Fallout seventy six and I would ask them really why because it to me it seemed like what it what it ended up being and so I think there was just this belief that like or even like this unwillingness to see it for what it was and then when it finally came out it was like oh my gosh this is not what i wanted this is not and and everybody really gathered around just kind of bashing bethesda and it it was really kind of it it gave power back to gamers it i think it's an important thing because it it hopefully will help shift things like it did with other games that have tried to exploit similar systems with microtransactions. Like it'll, it'll kind of change how people decide to do things.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. You know, last year in last year's show uh, at this time, we were all talking about loot boxes and microtransactions and all that. It was a huge, huge story at the end of the year, especially because of battlefront two and that whole hullabaloo that, that happened. And that carried into the beginning of this year. But really, it seems to have resolved itself, and developers got the message big time. I I don't know of a big AAA game that's really, you know, doing the kinds of things that we saw at the end of last year anymore. No. What's that?
1: Sports games. Yeah, sports games. That's true.
2: I I think that they've tried different things. I think there's still, like, premium currency and stuff, but... I mean who knows in a few years, loot boxes and that whole concept could be made illegal. Like legislation is making some, some waves in terms of trying to like, you know, shut it down. It doesn't really impact us, but they're looking at it through the lens of like younger gamers who are gambling essentially,
0: you know, is it gambling? So, yeah. And, and I think that we, we have seen the messaging really shift and everybody seems to be very uh, eager to say that their game doesn't have pay to win, doesn't have loot boxes that affect gameplay. So I think that's interesting. Uh, you had a couple other stories you wanted to bring up? Uh, I mean, one of the ones that I think was a was a big
2: game announcement was the Cyberpunk announcement. Sure. I think that was the biggest yeah. game announcement of the year, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. It was yeah. a huge moment. Uh, not really much to say about it outside of that, but, you know,
0: the super- highly anticipated game that, that had been, uh, they'd been kind of radio silent on for quite a while. And uh, I think it lived up to the, to the expectation, at least the announcement, lived up it didn't uh they didn't shirk on on showing significant portion of the game and it seems to have wowed everybody yeah. that saw it so
2: yeah I, I i had expected them to release the demo that you know was behind closed doors at some point and they did and so now everybody sees how it plays and understands it and y- they set the bar now they have to deliver but i think right it, if you ask if you took a poll like what was the biggest game announced last year i think cyberpunk would be the winner
0: certainly i agree yeah
2: Uh, And yeah, that, that was really, I mean, the rumors about new consoles is is kind of exciting. It's like the start of thinking about the next phase, but I think cyberpunk and the fallout bag are worth, we're worth talking about
0: for sure. Yeah. I'm glad you brought them up. All right, well, let's move into uh, our games, favorite games of the year. Um, But first I want, I want to (laughs) thank uh, our sponsor Squarespace. Uh, If you have any reason to make a website. And I would guess we all do at some point.
1: Maybe you you could list your favorite games. Yeah.
0: Or your best games. uh, Maybe you've got a definitive list of the best games and you want to put them on a website. Uh, Use Squarespace. You can showcase your work. You can blog. You can even sell products if you want to sell your list because it is the best list of the best games that people will favor it. I will say
1: your list is the definitive best list, Jeff. Like not the games on it, but just the list. Mm. Because it has numbers and they're
0: all in sequential order.
1: Uh, it's real good.
0: <laughs> it's so good. And they have little periods after them. Oh, <laughs> Did you amazing. do
2: it yourself or was it auto done for you by an application?
0: Oh, man. I, I don't shirk on the work, man. Right. I, I put in the work. I, I I write the num- numbers myself. Uh, anyway, Squarespace. You start with beautiful templates created by world-class designers. And then you make it your own. You can drop things in. It's easy. It's so simple. The tools are great. I've been using this for a decade. I recommend it to all my friends and family. Anybody that ever says, hey, you you do stuff on the internet. How do I make a website? I go squarespace.com slash DLC. Do it. No, no. Excuse me. Squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me. That's the one you want to use. Uh, and it's because the tools are so easy to use. They're so intuitive. And you just drag and drop st- things in. You don't have to know any HTML. It's all All of the tough stuff is handled for you. It's all updated. You don't have to patch anything. It all happens on its own. You've got uh, free and secure hosting. You've got built-in search engine optimization. It's great. It's it's optimized for every device right out of the box. Plus, they've got 24-7 award-winning customer support. So if you do run into any questions or problems, easy, easy, easy to find the answer. So make it yourself. Create a website yourself. Do it. Make it. And we will help you if you head to squarespace.com slash Jeff me, you can get a free trial. And then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Jeff sent me. That's J E F F S E N T M E all one word to save yourself 10% off your first purchase of a website or a do- domain. Do it, try it. I'm guaranteeing you, uh, you're going to love the results because it, it, these are beautiful websites, unique and easy. That's my favorite part. Squarespace.com slash Jeff sent promo code Jeff Semi, get yourself 10% off DLC's games
2: of the year DLC's
1: games wait Christopher won't like that
0: Uh, DLC's personal favorite games of the year based on an incomplete sampling Indeed. Based on an incomplete sampling, we have not played everything. These are our favorites. And, you know, I say this every year, but, you know, this year it feels like even more so. Favorites. Games that resonated with us. Uh, Your mileage may vary. Uh, Let's start with you. We're going to work through our top five games of the year, starting with five, working down toward one. Anthony Towermina, what is your number five game of 2018?
2: My number 5 best game of 2018 is Dead Cells. Yeah. Yeah. I I really 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 became addicted to Dead Cells. Did you beat uh, it? Like the boss? Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, how many runs did it take?
2: Um, it took a while. I knew the combo I needed. I mean, I very much cheesed it. I, you know, I had turret double turrets. Heck Yeah. I love both, those
0: turrets, baby. But, um,
2: it it just it was it was one of those games that you could pick up and play a run where you thought to yourself, okay, I'm just gonna go for gold. Like I, <laughs> I haven't really got really good items, so I'm just gonna go for gold and or or cells. I mean, and you know, I'm just gonna go for upgrades. I'm gonna try and upgrade different things, and then you get good items and then you say, okay, this is, this is the run or, or you think to yourself, okay, well now I'm going to try and unlock different areas, find different shortcuts.
1: I don't care if dinner is ready, babe. I have dual turrets. I said, I'll be in a minute.
2: Um, you definitely get on those good runs that you think like, this is it. And then you make a horrible choice. You end up in the sewer and things are just blowing up or whatever. But, um, I, yeah dead cells is is a is a phenomenal game and it's it is so surprising to me uh how addictive it was even though there are so many like just uh few individual components like there there's not a lot going on in the game but you can make it varied and unique by by how you choose to play
1: it just got a big PC patch, too, right? I think it's not yet on console, but I think the PC version got some no, I played it. Here I played there. it on console. I played
2: it on PS4.
1: No, I'm saying the, a patch. Oh, the, a- the patch. The patch is not on console. I, I think go. the patch is only on PC. Like, it's yeah, just no, pretty recent. But yeah, the game itself, very playable. I know, Jeff, you played it. This is where you say it was your game of the year in 2016 or whatever, and you started singing its praises,
0: right? I was just going to say, yeah, I went back and listened to our episode last year, and I didn't put Den Cells on my list this year because... I put it on my list last year. Not on my uh, put it I put on it,
1: his list last year. I
0: didn't. Uh, I didn't put it on my main list, but I put it on my uh, my dark, dark horse well, list. It, it was to a side fair, piece game before, of 2017. Before, before Jeff tries
2: to, you know, play that game of like, oh, my hands above yours. It officially came out this year.
0: You're right. You're right. Anthony I, says I,
1: it didn't count last year.
0: <laughs> I like the backup singer. Uh, I, uh, I did put it on my dark horse because it was only in... Uh, in early access, Uh, but I played it a lot last year and I loved it. Um, So yeah, no, it officially came out this year. In fact, I would argue the best way to play it, which is on switch came out this year. So yeah, very much very valid, a choice for this year, but I felt weird putting it on my list two years in a row. So I did not, but a a great game. I think uh, what nobody has mentioned yet is how beautiful it is and how Mm -hmm. great the pixel art and animation in particular is. Um, It's just fun. It nails, it nails uh, a, a, a an addictiveness and a compulsion that uh, few games do, and it's real good. Christian, I, I suspect it'll be on your list at some point. Maybe
1: I don't know. You haven't seen my list.
0: I haven't. I haven't seen anybody's lists, But maybe we'll talk about it more shortly. Christian Spicer, what is your number five favorite game of the year?
1: It's Dead Cells. No, um, <laughs> uh, Forza Horizon Four is is my number five. I guess it should be my number four. The fourth installment of Forza Horizon is my my fifth of the year. Um, I think to take a game that was as incredible as Forza Horizon 3 and in some way up the ante still and make it feel fresh in a way, it's still a driving game. It's not like, and now you're in airplanes. Uh, and also you have guns. It's still Forza Horizon. But the addition of seasons and the way the game gets going right out of the gate It is the game um, on my list that I've probably... uh, Nah, nah, I'll say there's some shorter games on here. But I didn't put as much time into it as I would want to. And I haven't played it as much as I'd played Forza Horizon 3. But I'm constantly thinking about it. And that's the game when I have just a little bit of time and I can steal away some time in front of my Xbox or PC. That's the game I'm going to. I love the soundtrack. I love the addition of seasons. I love... I I didn't think the UK would be such an incredible um, area to drive around. I think the way they built that map and added diversity in the cliff sides and how many, like not just like off road, but like mud and dirt roads that the spring season brought with it and how that changed the handling. It was just a really, really well done game that um, I I don't think it's going to get the recognition it deserves because it is now the fourth version of an incredible franchise, but the way that they improved upon everything that they had done before and released this, very full very complete game and then also dropping it on game pass for people you know i know it's more microsoft's thing um but it being available to play that way it's just an incredible game that i think more people need to be talking about right now and i i've loved every minute with it
0: yeah the fact that it was on game pass let me sample it and play more of it than i ever would have if i had had to buy it um and yeah i mean it's gorgeous it's sleek. It's so well packaged. I I just wish I loved these kinds of games more, but I I totally recognize it as being extremely high quality and well deserving of the praise you're heaping upon it. Yeah. What about you? What's your your number five? My number five is Subnautica, uh, which is a survival game set in the water. And I don't usually enjoy survival games very much. Uh, I've played a lot of them, but I am not a fan of the tension that usually comes with survival games. Uh, I was just talking last week about Below and how I've been playing Below and the first time I died in Below is cuz I starved to death, which is just not fun. It's not That's fun the to first way to death. I die in real life, too. Yeah, no, the tracks. Um but the beautiful thing about Subnautica and I will come I will be completely honest about it. I've played that entire game with food and water shut off, you can in the options you can turn off the need to feed and drink yourself. Uh, feed your plant. Your plant now. Uh, Did you get sunshine? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a <laughs> uh, keep going. Keep keep going. Keep going. Uh, uh, yeah. So it, you can you can make it less of a, a survival game. You still have to worry about oxygen because you're going underwater and you have limited oxygen in your tanks. But that's a beautiful limiting factor that. You can upgrade and find new ways, new technology throughout the game to expand that and, and get deeper and deeper and deeper into the water. And I played that game exclusively in VR, which I think is the way to play it. It's amazing. I played it on Oculus with a controller. It's it, I played it seated the entire time with a controller. I loved it. I found it to be a perfect VR game because the experience of putting on the headset, the VR goggles made me feel more like I was putting on a scuba gear or, or, or you know uh, goggles to look in the water. It, it really increased the immersion for me. Uh, and the game is absolutely gorgeous in VR. the The underwater world is stunning and colorful and vibrant. and it's a game where you don't really kill much. I mean, you you kill fish and stuff, but it's not about murdering things. It's about exploration and discovery. And it unveils a story that is so cool and so riveting and so unexpected. And the way it parses out that story is so clever. And uh, it never felt like the game was just giving me story beats. Even though it was, it always felt like I was discovering it. And that's, I think, no small feat. I know the game just came out on PlayStation 4, I think, and Xbox as well.
1: It's also, if you're listening to this, currently for another couple of days free on the epic game store on pc so if you're listening to jeff talk about it and you're like oh yeah it did sound fun epic game store it's free i think through the 27th at midnight or like the 28th like the 27th at 11:59 or something like that you can go download right. it
0: i mean it's well worth free and it's worth money to pay for it too i i think it's a shame a real shame that it does not support playstation vr uh, on playstation i hope that they add that functionality in the future but i don't know how immersive it is on a 2d screen but in vr for me on oculus it is my fifth favorite game of the year and for a long time it was way higher on my list it it is spectacular uh the the sense of exploration and discovery is is second to none i loved it did did you guys play that game at all i did yeah i i
2: I think subnautica is really cool i think it's one of those uh you know, you're, you got like the list of like, I, I get this and then later I'm going to get this and I'm going to get this. And so you're just kind of like, it it constantly has that carrot on the stick. Um, that's really fun. Like, oh, okay. I'm going to get the, you know, uh, the, I forget what the names are, but you know, the ability to the vehicle that takes you this far and then the vehicle that you put yeah. the little thing in and then you go further and so yeah. that you can get different resources. It's, and
0: even before that, it's like, oh my God, I, I see a, a like a little chasm down there. I wonder, I can't get down there yet. I got to build a better uh, oxygen tank or I got to build a, a pipe that'll deliver oxygen down so I can go even deeper and deeper. And that sense of like constantly going a little farther than is safe for you is so fun. And yeah. the the fact that every level out that you go reveals new, interesting, exciting, exotic undersea visions is, is, is so cool.
2: Yeah, my only real knock on it was the the story stuff that they put around it was kind of obvious in parts. Really, I
0: loved it. I mean, some of it was obvious, but I yeah, I just I found it I found the way you discover it and piece it together and then the like the big reveals were so cool.
2: Yeah, no, it's still it's still well done. I I think it's well worth if you're the type of person that uh if you were like really into the progress of no man's sky here is a much better game with a better focus and a better uh, sense of exploration.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, We're at number four. Uh, Mr. Tamina, what is your number four? My number four is Marvel's Spider-Man. Oh yes. Uh, I'm surprised it's that low, but uh, a great game.
2: Yes. I, uh, I reviewed it for Game Rant. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought that there are so many things about the game that are really well done. The web swinging is exceptional. The uh, acting is is great. The I think almost everything about the game is really well done. The only thing that I don't that held it back for me is that I think it is a game of like two minds. It is a game that uh, the insomniac people wanted to create with, with a story that involves uh, a a certain focus. And then I think it kind of ballooned into more of a Marvel uh, story. And, and I think that those elements fight against each other. I'm trying to be vague for, for sake of people that probably are going to get it for the holidays. Um, but outside of that, uh, I re- I really enjoyed it. I think it's one of those games, the open world games that does that that side stuff pretty well, better than a lot of of games do. And and the combat is, you might look at it and say like, oh, that's just Batman combat. It's it's so different in what you can do. You're more proactive. That I I would say don't look at it and say like, oh, it's just Batman. But Spider Man, it's it's so much different in a lot of different ways that it's well worth playing. And, and it's my number four.
0: Well, my number four is Marvel's Spider-Man. Uh, what, the,
1: what, the, what is this? I know.
0: Why I know were I... you surprised it was so low then? Rude. Because I'm, su- I'm surprised it's so low on my list. Wow. I mean, I, I think yeah. it speaks, it speaks to how great a year 2018 was that a game as good as Spider-Man is that low on our lists. Yeah. But also um,
1: that low it's four like
0: that's not low
2: right (laughs) but like a hundred plus games came out that are worth talking about and it is in the top five
0: yes no no doubt it it is uh worth lauding and it is uh, a a phenomenal game uh but i do think that you know there are years where it would be my number one game (laughs) of the year if it had come out you know that year uh it is uh it's a great great game and you you i will just agree with everything you said uh it is i i think i'm more in love with the story than it sounds like you were yeah um it's, like yeah to, it's hard
2: it's hard to like say what i i think you anybody think pick up it, it. understands but yeah i i think that there was like an intent to tell a story with a specific uh direction and then all of a sudden it kind of veers one way and and kind of rushes towards a, a different direction that, that
0: yeah thing. yeah yes uh but I still think it's, it's darn fun and well-told. It has memorable characters and just the casting of all of the, you know, notable Spider-Man um, rogues gallery is, is great and, and his, you know, all the people in his life. It, it, the game would be great just swinging around the city. Like I yeah. would pay $60 just for the swinging. It's so in, enjoyable. Um, but yeah, and, and a, a phenomenal – game that we were all anticipating and i think absolutely lived up to my hopes Uh, i was i was a little worried you know that it might not because i was had pinned so much hope and excitement on it but it it exceeded my expectations it really was was so much fun to play
1: yeah i think it's a phenomenal game that to me i think it's it's shortcomings were some of the side missions um becoming very repetitive how many people can be in a trunk in new york city on any given day um and that feeling of it
0: you're a West Coaster. You don't know about New York Trunks.
1: <laughs> I don't know about New York Trunks. Fair um, the Very repetitive, rinse-repeat side missions or chasing the drone and some of those things, the challenge missions and stuff like that, feeling outside of what the rest of the story and the rest of the game provided. And then I also felt that um, some of the missions that took you out of control, took control of Spider-Man out of your hands were weren't the selling point i love the characters that they brought to that world but i think if you showed the trailer for that other type of gameplay it wasn't the best version of that type of gameplay and it certainly wasn't what i think people buying and jumping into spider-man were hoping to get in terms of gameplay i understood it as a change of pace and as a palate cleanse in the game but i think those areas are ways that insomniac could improve in the sequel um but all of that said, playing the game, the like the sheer joy I had playing it, the moment to moment in the middle of it, can't wait to see where the story goes, swinging around the city, just exploring every nook and cranny, doing all the photographs, finding all the famous Marvel movie, or I guess not Marvel movie, but Marvel landmarks within New York City. Um, it's a game that I think we might look back on and say like, oh, we reviewed that a little high. Um, only because other games will catch up to the locomotion and kind of that fun of doing things. But it realized being that character in such a specific and incredible way that I think I need to remember my moment to moment when I was in the thick of it playing and not look back on it and pick apart the things I didn't like. Yeah.
0: I also loved the fact that it got Peter Parker right. It it, it really yeah. gave you stuff to do as Peter Parker I really enjoyed all the little puzzles that you do in the lab with him. Um, And and I think a lot of games and movies for that matter, kind of short shrift the Peter Parker side and how much of a scientist he is. And I was so glad the game embraced that. I really love that about it.
2: Yeah. I, I think, I think it's greatest achievement is the fact that you pick it up and you do the web swinging and you, it's almost like it's like you're riding a video game bicycle. You're just like, yep, this is how I expected this to feel. I don't know why I expected it to feel like this or play like this, but this is exactly because there have been so many bad Spider-Man games in between that. It's just like, yeah, they, they, they made it seem effortless
0: how well the movement works and it never gets less fun. There's yeah. never a point You know, 25 hours in. I'm not like, well, I'm not going to swing anymore. I'm just going to fast travel. I still liked swinging throughout the entire time I was playing it. It just never got less fun. It was great
1: um jeffrey i think my number four is gonna break your heart Uh uh-oh uh my number four is astrobot rescue mission
0: oh that didn't break my heart i love that it's on your list baby
1: uh incredible game incredible platformer incredible use of vr i imagine we'll be talking about it more later i think to me while it it might be the best vr game i've played I think what holds it back ultimately is VR like just putting it on isn't comfortable. It's not fun like just those tiny little hiccups. I still I just I don't love wearing do the headset. The what
0: that has nothing to do with the game.
1: It does because I have to wear the headset to play the game. Mm-hmm. It, my okay. eyes get tired. I can't play like I'm having so much fun with the game. I want to keep playing it but I, I can't. I'm like I got to take a break from this and I don't it's things like that that get in the way of it. And I think, th- but I also think it's saying tons about the game when what's holding it back is the thing that I'm using to play it, but it's so inventive and joyful. And we raved about it. I think it was just on last week's show, like all the little things it does and things that might or might not be Easter eggs uh, to other Sony franchises, it's just an, in- just an incredible game. And I, and like I said, I have a feeling we'll be talking about it more so I can, we can save that for later.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, no, we can talk about Christian it Christian is not on my list. It's
0: yeah, okay. <laughs> it's my number three, so we can jump right into that if you want. Well, h- uh, let's
1: pause then, because I can do my number three. It's Spider-Man.
0: Oh, well, okay, look at that. There we go. The do do is complete. Yeah. Well, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> talk about Spider-Man. We tend well, to it's talk it's about what Spider-Man. I
1: said. It's what I said. I mean, I think looking back, I'm like, yeah, those missions were kind of the same. But I completed the game. I Got up early to play the game. I stayed up late to play the game. Like you said, I never fast traveled. It's one of my favorite characters. I have a 1974 um Spider-Man framed on my wall um poster. Let him out! Oh God! No, no, he's actually yeah, actually him. He's um, 1,
0: the actor,
2: 74 years old.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's framed though, so it, it's preserved, it's kind of like a mummy. And they they did so much right with that character. It's just a joy to play, and something that is easy to put back in and go back to. Because like Anthony said, it, it is. It's like riding a bike. Like, yeah, this is how this is supposed to work. The gadgets, it just, it all it all clicked together really, really well.
2: I feel like Christian was the harshest on the game. And then his number three, he has his was touch. higher than ours. It was a little odd. Yeah. You threw me off there. But yeah, I, no. I was like, oh, I, I guess. I wasn't that harsh I'm, on it. Well, I felt like you kind of led with your critiques, I guess. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I don't know.
0: What a year for Spider-Man between Into the Spider-Verse and this game. Like, what a what a year for Spider-Man. Um, I had such a hard time. I mean, up until we started recording, I was jostling around just the – not the games in my top five, but just the positioning of my top five. Because it, it really feels like any of them could have been, you know, in any position almost – uh, they're such high quality in the top five for me uh, of this year. And I really, for a while, had Astrobot at number two. It, it is uh, extraordinary. It, it, there's no game that gave me more joy this year. Pure joy. As much joy as I had swinging around as Spider Man, Astrobot outjoyed that. Uh, there was just such joy in the next level revealing itself to me the hopping on the little pad uh as the astrobot and pushing the button and seeing where it was going to take me and what new wonderful idea it was going to present in VR uh the the vibrant worlds that it kept showing me and the fun things I got to do and making a great jump and eliminating an enemy in a fun way i mean it it is it nails all of that stuff that the great platformers do the mario you know uh, odysseys of the world and and the, the any game you want to hold up as being a great platformer, I feel like this is contemporary with it, uh, and and it, it feels fresh and unique. I think it's it's more different than any of the other games on my list. Maybe I guess maybe Subnautica might be similar, but it just uh, it brings new things to the table, and it, it it I was doing things I've never done in a video game, or or in ways that I've never done in a video game. Um, it's got such heart and such spirit and it feels like a labor of love. I adore it. I adore it. And I I really hope more people play Astrobot Rescue Mission, which is my number three.
1: Yeah. And there's more to do. Like the it's five worlds, but the challenge missions can get hard and and there's more to play there um if you want to spend the time and really dive in with it and it's the little things that get stuck in your head the the little robot dance and like the do 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 like the little music, yeah. the jingles the rhymes, everything is so polished that um it, it's it's pretty close to
0: perfect and the 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 rewards you get for collecting stuff like you get to go into the spaceship and um, you, you literally play a little grabber ball game yeah. uh, by you know, putting the coins that you pick up into a coin-op grabber ball machine that's in 3D because you're in VR. And then you what you pull out of the grabber ball machine are these little play sets that you can set up inside the spaceship and run around on. I mean, everything, it just feels like this wonderful, exuberant labor of love. And, um, you know, it, it's joy. It's pure positive joy yeah so um so we've got your number three was spider-man my number three was astro bot anthony what is your number three
1: my
2: number three is monster hunter world oh interesting um i've never played a monster hunter game before um i didn't think i would even be interested in monster hunter world i gave it a shot and i was addicted to everything it's one of the few games uh where you are given options in your weapons that i actually tried other things because i just enjoyed fighting the monsters in different ways playing with friends playing with strangers Uh, they're just it's just such a fun game the only thing that i i think it was kind of a bummer is it's got some antiquated systems for like joining those people um, or like playing with other people online. But outside of that, I had so much fun playing the game. I I think um, it might be the game I logged the most hours in.
0: Wow, wow. I, It was also my first Monster Hunter. Uh, I dabbled with a, a DS version years ago that didn't really hook me. But this is the first one I put significant time into. And I had a lot of, a lot of good fun with it as well. It, it hit at the right time of year where I could just focus on it and... I really yeah. enjoyed it 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 didn't stick around for me over the course of the year, but it would certainly be in my top ten uh, of the year and uh and I think it's a great game it's much more accessible than previous versions uh, at least for me and yeah. uh, looks great um yeah it's it's still not exactly the the kind of game I love the, the systems are a little bit too grindy for me sure. but um but it's I, it's great. i liked
2: I like that there was always. Uh, a clear like i I'm i'm a big fan of loot games and grindy games in general but i liked that it was always clear like okay i want to make this piece or this set i need these items so i'm always working towards them maybe i don't get you know the the fang or the whatever that i wanted on that initial kill of that monster but i always kind of had a a general sense of like, okay, I'm going for this. And it, it kept me motivated similar to dead cells on my list. There was always something to keep me motivated to come back and to do different things and try different things. It's, it's like I said, it's one of the few games where I branched out. Usually I would just play a game and be like, this is my, I'm, I'm big sword guy, but I was big sword guy, switch ax, charge blade. I tried almost everything. And, and that's, that speaks to how much I enjoyed playing the game that I wanted to just dive back in and try something new. And it it does offer something different.
0: Yeah, great game. Great game. Uh, all right, Christian Spicer, we're up to number two. Getting to, We're getting to the real deal here. Number two on your list.
1: Kratos and his boy are uh, num- oh, my number two. Wow-y. What an, an incredible game and taking a franchise that, I've loved for so long and breathing fresh air into it and making it relevant in 2018 and not doing the easy thing that I think also would have reviewed well, like a back to form traditional God of war game. Cause coming off of Ascension, which was fine, but nothing, you know, remarkable if they'd have done a God of war four, that was the best parts of two and three combined, I think still would have reviewed well and sold well. But for Corey and that team at Sony Santa Monica to take a character that was an icon of the console and the PlayStation brand for so long and turn it on its head and totally reimagine that character and saddle him with an NPC, you know, and make that not annoying and make that character feel strong and vital and an asset the entire time and to have levity and an otherwise very dark story through some of the characters that you encounter and the way they made side quests feel engaging and rewarding and the way they made the world seem larger than it was larger than life by letting you explore nooks and crannies off the, the beaten path and giving you in game stuff to do with the Valkyrie fights and having that combat feel so great with the sound cues and the design of the entire world. I mean, from go that game starts like a roller coaster shooting you out up and out on the track and it doesn't let up it's phenomenally paced and just an incredible story for a character that I think many had written off. And now here we are in 2018 and Kratos is as relevant as he ever was. And I think it's just an absolute, an absolute triumph.
0: Yeah. A phenomenal, phenomenal game. Um, yes. Uh, absolutely. Uh, astounding. Um, Anthony. Your number two?
2: My, my number two is also God of War. Wow. Um i I echo everything that Christian said. I enjoyed so so much of the game. Uh the combat never got old to me. The there are some story beats in the game that are just incredible. There's a particular moment in the game that when you know when you stick with the franchise that pays off so well, it gave me goosebumps. I was like, yes, this is I hoped this would happen and it did happen. Um, the, the Valkyrie fights, yeah, there's there are so many cool things to do. The the acting is great. I think there are some technical things that the game does that are are beyond almost every game that's come out on on any console as far yeah. as like the continuous shot stuff and yep. and taking this thing off in the distance and saying, Oh, by the way, this is a giant lizard thing. And it just comes into focus. And there's no like sense of, of, you know, you, when you play certain games, you're like, okay, that's the background. And that's the part that moves just so many things about the game. uh, Really impressed me uh, from top to bottom. It, it, it's an incredible game. It is the the second best game of the year.
0: (laughs) Uh, My number two, is Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Uh, it is uh, up until this point, uh, literally up until today, I, I had it at number three. And I was playing it, playing it today, and something happened in the game, uh, a big character moment, and I was like, no, I love this game. I love I love it more. I love it. I love this game. It made me feel something. Like the I love doing everything in it, and there's so much to do. It It is, I think, one of the best role-playing games ever made. I think it – it uh, in, in the board gaming world, there's a, a very common thing of games that replace other games You know, because in board games, you have games on your shelf and you keep them forever and you go back to them. And then games like do similar things and then do it better and you're like, well, I don't need that older game. I got this new one. I can replace it. I feel like Assassin's Creed Odyssey replaces The Witcher 3 for me. I love yeah. The Witcher 3. I love it, love it, love it. But it does everything the Witcher Three did better, I think. I enjoy the main character way more. I'm playing this Cassandra. I enjoy her performance way more. I enjoy the milieu. I enjoy the combat more. I enjoy leveling up. I enjoy the loot. I enjoy the do the you,
2: world. Let me ask you, Jeff, do you enjoy the uh the overarching assassin's creed of it? Like the the uh I don't know. That was really what turned me off was there. I don't know what you mean by that. Mm, I don't,
0: I don't know where you're at. So it's, Oh, maybe I'm, 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 I have not finished it. I'm okay. still, I'm it's, 60 well, hours. Yeah, and it's, then I have not it's not finished. an ending thing, but yeah, it, it, the game is so vast that you
2: could play for 60 hours and not encounter it, or you could play for 20 hours and encounter it. But the, yeah, there, there were some moments where I was like, mm.
0: Hmm. well maybe i haven't gotten to that so maybe it'll still change yeah i was hoping to finish the game before the end of the year uh but i just I have decided not to rush through i'm doing everything i'm doing all the side quests i i lo- i mean i've level capped i hit level 50 i but i'm just i still have many islands i haven't gone to you know yeah. it's i'm doing all of the cool side missions i'm taking down the mythic monsters i'm taking down the mythic beasts i'm doing the arena i'm doing all i'm taking down all of the cult. I'm doing it all. Uh, so I, I just, I love it. And I, I haven't tired of it, which is uh, remarkable uh, for me. I tend to get um, distracted by other shiny things, but I constantly am thinking about wanting to play it. Um, I, the, the inclusion of, um, dialogue trees in that franchise, I think is, is huge. It makes me able to role play. Like the moment that I had today, where I got to express exactly what I was feeling in that moment, it was so cool. There's a, there's a moment that happens. It's very intense and you have the ability to either sort of let somebody off the hook for, for it or not. And I was like, no, I'm, I'm actually mad at this character for letting that happen. And I was able to make that, that decision. And it was very satisfying to watch Cassandra get angry about it. And you know, I, I just, the game does everything right. It really treats the player with respect and you're, constantly getting cool new things to to do and places to go and things to see and i just adore it it is so good and i can't wait for the next assassin's creed i hope they continue along this path and it, it has now become it has gone from a franchise i could not care less about to one that i am eagerly anticipating the next installment of. yeah so
1: yeah, for me, that it it fell victim to an incomplete sampling, where the five <laughs> or six hours I spent with it, I absolutely loved, but I feel like for whatever reason, I you know it came out at a time where I didn't go back to it. I was in the middle of something else, and it's, it's a phenomenal game. It's just there are too many phenomenal games, so don't see its exclusion on my top five as you know a knock against its quality. It's just literally not having time to to play it in many other games enough
2: yeah i would i would continue to build off what christian said i did almost everything or maybe even everything in origins and so when i played odyssey i was like i can't do that again this is bigger so i think (laughs) i think odyssey is a better game but origin started to like show its seams and odyssey's seams are very similar of like you're like, oh, what's this question mark? Oh, it's a bandit camp. What's this question mark? Oh, it's a bandit camp. What's this question mark? Oh, it's a bandit camp. And in Origins... (laughs) What's this bandit camp? It's a
1: question mark.
2: You know, in Origins, I was kind of okay with it because I like the combat enough. But yeah, Odyssey, I think that was the main turning point of just like, okay, I did this for like 70 hours. Do I want to do this for another seven? I, I did play it for a lot but like i didn't clear out the map and i think had it been odyssey that came out instead of origins i think i would have liked odyssey more than i did but as a follow-up to origins one year later after doing so much it was just kind of like
0: no i'm good yeah i get that i i did not play origins as much i only played it for you know about 20 hours sure. um but uh yeah i, I think odyssey like the addition of the dialogue tree I mentioned and the setting I prefer and the female protagonist who is just uh, – the performance is fantastic. And, you know, it, it does it, – it really, I think, exceeded Origins for me in almost every way. All right. That brings us to the big daddy of them all, number one on our list. But first, do do want to thank our next sponsor, which is Robin Hood. Uh, Robin an investing app. That lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, all commission-free. And that's important because a lot of places, other brokerage firms charge up to $10 for every trade. And I don't know about you, but I'm not somebody that knows what I'm doing. (laughs) And so often that has intimidated me out of even getting into the market or doing anything like that, trading stocks, because I don't want to spend the money doing something dumb. Uh, but Robinhood is really built for people like me and, and maybe like you, in that it's it's there to be easy for new people to get into the market, and that's because the app is built with easy to understand charts and market data. It's allows you to make those trades without spending money every trade. Uh, you can do. It's got a web platform where you can view uh, stock collections um, like the hundred most popular or entertainment or social media, you can really customize things, make it your own, look at analyst ratings, uh, and learn by doing. And that's the best way I learn. That's how, that's why I'm a video gamer. I enjoy getting in and learning the systems of something. And Robinhood is really built for that. It's pretty cool. And even better, Robinhood is giving listeners of DLC a free stock like Apple Ford or Sprint to help build your portfolio. So if you sign up, at dlcpodcast.robinhood.com, that's dlcpodcast.robinhood.com, get a free stock. So check it out. Uh, I think this is really cool, and it's something that has uh, has made me much more uh, interested in and uh, and clear about uh, how all this stuff works, and I, I really appreciate it for that. So dlcpodcast.robinhood.com. All right, guys. Moment of truth. Uh, moment of truth. I, I'm, I'm fairly certain I know first. what – What? Jeff should go first. I will go first. I, I, I'm fairly certain I know what yours is, Anthony. Yeah. There are two games that I think could be Christian. So I'm very curious because one of them means it's not on his top five at all, which is crazy to me. Um, so I will say my number one, I think everybody knows what it is. Uh, it's God of War which was your, both of your number twos, mm-hmm. uh, for me, it, 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 there was never any doubt that it was going to be my number one, all the other games jostled around. Uh, but I think God of war for all the reasons you guys have enumerated already is head and shoulders above everything else that came out this year and really represents to me a, a step forward in the artistry of video games in, in how video games are expressed. And you guys have talked about it a little bit already, but I, I'll, reiterate a subtle a thing as subtle as one continuous shot that is never cut or edited from the moment you start playing to forty hours later when you're done. That's not an easy thing to pull off. and it most game companies, most game designers, a wouldn't even try something that audacious. And B, when they encountered how difficult it turned out to be, would abandon it. But to Corey Barlog's and Sony Santa Monica Studios credit, they pulled it off, and it really, to me, it makes a huge difference in how that game feels. And it's just one of many wonderful decisions that were made. It is an open-world game that feels very focused. It's an open-world game that handles open-world in a completely different way than most games do, where you have very few tasks at any given time, and the, the map always feels manageable. It doesn't feel overwhelming like Assassin's Creed can and other games like it can. Um, but the game is jaw-droppingly gorgeous and all of that would be enough to make it a spectacular must-play kind of experience but then you tack on what christian was talking about which is some of the best combat maybe the best third-person action combat i have ever played the most satisfying physical uh exciting thrilling visceral combat that always feels like i have myriad options that's always giving me cool new upgrades that change the way I play. I always feel like my loadout can switch up and be interesting in different kinds of ways. The kinds of weapons I use, that axe, the way it I throw it and it comes back to my hand, it never ceases to be satisfying. Puzzles that are great, optional things that are really fun and you want to do. And then on top of it, a relationship with a NPC character that is nuanced and interesting and well-written and as someone who is the father of a son really was special to me as a as a game that i played through it it made me think about my own relationship with my son as he gets older and it's a game that made me cry you know it, it is uh it is beautiful and artistic and fun i think it is not only for me the best game of the year it's one of the best games I have ever played. It's probably my top three games of all time. And uh, I absolutely adore it. And I'm proud to put it top of my list.
2: Nice. I I wanted you to to uh, get, put it as your number one. I knew it was going to happen before. Uh, I gave more praise. I just want to have a few prepared statements. Uh, <laughs> okay. What if Zelda had an amazing okay. cinematic story? What if <laughs> Last of Us had incredible skill-based combat? What if Uncharted somehow put all the violence in context? What if Dark Souls was approachable and clear? The answer to all of these questions and more is God of War.
0: I I think whoever wrote that is brilliant. <laughs>
1: Can we get those other questions? Like what what are the and more? What did Twitter prevent you from writing? I just I wanted to uh, dig
2: that up because I remember having having played it myself and you having played it and nobody else having played it. I remember how much crap you got for saying that. And I, I felt like as we would talk about different games, that it was going to be your favorite game of the year that I was like, I have to save this. And if it's number, <laughs> if it's Jeff's number one, I have to bring it up again.
0: <laughs> well, yes. Uh, I, I've, I have, uh, enjoyed getting, uh, numerous people who, uh, sent me, Hey, I made fun of you when, when that happened, but turns out you were, you were right. And, um, I've I've enjoyed getting some of those. And in fact, somebody sent me a video of one of the people that was most critical of me uh streaming and jumping out of their seat when the uh the game won when God of War won um the uh game awards and was like, "Yes, yes, yes, yes." And I was like, "Well, I guess then, you know, comes full circle." Um and and I never intended to tear down any other games with that tweet. It was always about uh how much I love God of War. So, uh, yes, that was a fun, interesting uh, moment in 2018 for me, and it—I it, don't—I don't regret it. I think that uh, that game really has all those things, and that's for me why it is not only just a game of of the year for me, but uh, a game of all time. Uh, it is—it's—it's it's an achievement. It's a beautiful game.
2: It is a great game.
0: All right. Uh, I suspect I know what yours is, Anthony, but uh, why don't you why don't you reveal your number one? best definitive best game of all time
2: (laughs) ladies and gentlemen this is why i'm here i'm here to put red dead redemption 2 on number one spot so that people don't wonder hey neither of them even had it on their list (laughs) bullet that's what what i'm here for no i i red dead redemption 2 i love red dead redemption one uh red dead redemption 2 i think is superior in every way uh, I would think the only thing that it's kind of sidesteps is the combat is basically the same, uh, but I, you know, for me personally, I know a lot of people are not a big fan of the combat. I like the combat. Um, I actually it just, I don't know. I find it fun. I find the, the, the kind of snapping into guys and shooting them in the head kind of fun and it's combined with dead eye. It's a fun aspect, but I think the, the real like achievements of the game are, it is, in my opinion, the best looking game, you know, God, I said, God of War was one of, I think red dead is the best looking game uh, on consoles period. Um, it, it blew me away. So in so many different ways, just riding at night, riding in the daytime, you would see different skylines, different things that were just, you, you it looked like a, a painting or it looked like a photograph at times. I highly recommend playing in 4k if you can, if you have an Xbox one X Um, the story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, It's, I described it as, you know, most games are attempting to create some sort of hyper real uh, like the best looking version of something or um, you know, this, this uh, intensely beautiful thing. And it seems to me that red dead redemption two is just trying to recreate Reality. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it, it really is. It really is strikingly real. Yeah, it's it's,
2: it's uh it's one of those games that I would I would just kind of leave it sitting there and walk away, and from a distance you could not tell it was a game, and there are very few games that do that these days. Um, the story I really enjoy. I love how uh, deliberate it is and how it builds. And I got to learn more about each of these characters. I think Arthur is a much better character for this red dead redemption concept than, uh, John Marston was because it give the story gives him time to kind of set up the idea that there is a redemption happening instead of like in red dead one, it's really just like the redemption is happening because he says he did bad stuff in the past. You see more of like the conflict and the need for redemption. Um, it goes to some crazy places. Uh, the acting and the um, performances are some of the best. It's, I just, I really, really enjoyed the game and I could get lost doing any number of things. And I think that for me is always gonna be a sign of like my favorite game of the, the year. Like last year, I could just go off and do almost nothing and make no progress in Zelda and still have a great time. I could just go out into the wilderness and, of Red Dead and, and do nothing, hunt, do whatever, and find weird things and just have a great time.
0: It, I loved it. It's the best game of the year. You heard it here. All right. <laughs> Thank goodness we heard it here because uh, we would have gotten letters, angry letters. Um, Christian, I'm so curious. I feel like there are two games in my head that could be your number one.
1: I, I have I, just one.
0: I think I know what it is, but I, I'm so curious. What is your number one favorite game of 2018?
1: So I need to say first, the reason it's not Red Dead and also why it isn't on my top five is, again, just a victim of time. It is a game that I want to have an hour to sit down and play, kind of thing, like a minimum of an hour, and I just have not been able to carve enough of those away. I've talked about it um, a lot on this show about how much I love it and how much I've enjoyed spending time with it. I just haven't made enough time with it yet, unfortunately, but a phenomenal game, and I and please don't see its exclusion from my list as suggesting it's not worthy of of you know being the the best or your favorite game of throwing, the
2: year. Throwing Jeff under the train. saying Christian saying, "No, I'm
1: I'm No, no, I'm, no, no, no. <laughs> I uh I I got off, Jeff. I didn't hitch him to a post and he wandered himself in front of the train." Is what, okay. Is what okay. Fair yeah. enough.
2: Fair enough.
1: Yeah, it was his own it was his own doing. Um so my favorite game of the year goes to Celeste. It is just yeah. a phenomenal game that I think also speaks volumes about it being my favorite game of the year in terms of like favorites in that had I been uh, with a different group of friends when it had come out, it might not have been as high on my list. I was with a group of friends who all also fell in love with it. And we would talk about it every day and we were all playing it at the same time. We'd compare strategies on how to get strawberries. We'd look at speed runs together. I mean, it was the topic of conversation for hours Um every day for weeks and and months there as we were all playing our way through it. And I think from the soundtrack, the beautiful pixel art, the story that wholly unnecessary, right. In terms of creating a phenomenal platforming game, but to have that as well, that is emotional and connects and it landed powerfully with me, um, you know, having had mental illness in my family and um dealing with my own layers of depression and and you know personal mental struggles along the way and seeing a game that speaks to that in a way that i found both both honest and um sad and hopeful and optimistic and um putting the destiny in that in in your hands and in your control it was such a beautiful beautiful game and one that was so well crafted in terms of its mechanics where again, a game like that would fail if it had all of those beautiful story elements and soundtracks, but the platforming wasn't perfect and wasn't precision. And it was all of those things, but also not overly punishing where you could go in and toggle the settings if you wanted and you could basically make it just a scavenger hunt where you could jump or air dash for as long as you wanted falls didn't kill you and you could kind of just float around this world collecting strawberries if that was the experience you so desired but even under the standard default difficulty the way you know other games have certainly done this as well and continue to do it, but it snaps you back to a certain point that doesn't feel too far, but also not too close to where you just were. It doesn't instantaneous. It gets you going that Oh, one more try kind of attitude as you're trying to get that perfect run. And when you're able to clear a board or a map and do it in a way that you think is perfect until you watch someone's speed run and you're like, Oh, I suck at this game. Uh, but that feeling of accomplishment, I think was unrivaled um, for me by any other game. And if you listen when when you hear my other fives, the fact that Celeste is my number 1 will become even more clear as to the type of game I love. <laughs> and and Celeste was just absolutely phenomenal, but I cannot deny the environmental factors that probably helped propel it to the top spot this year.
0: Yeah, uh I know there's a lot of love for that game. I was in the same uh room with those people who are all going crazy for it. I i uh, I appreciate that i I was surprised I the other game that I thought you might have was uh was super Smash brothers
1: a, a phenomenal game as well i I think what would keep that what's kept that off my top five too is just it hasn't been out long enough like I think if my friends and I we keep playing that four months from now and we're still playing it for hours on end then it, it probably does but it's so recent I don't even have snake unlocked yet <laughs> I just can't I can't do it yet i can't place it yet
0: all right guys so let's uh recap our entire top five anthony can you re re, uh restate your five games uh
2: five dead cells four spider-man three monster hunter world two god of war one red dead redemption two christian
1: number five for me was forza horizon four Number four for me was Astrobot Rescue Mission. Number three for me was Marvel's Spider-Man or Marvel Spider-Man, whatever its official Great. name is. Uh, number two, God of War. And number one, Celeste.
0: I'm also surprised Dead Cells didn't make your top five, Christian. Suppressa. <clears throat> Suppressa. Uh, and my top five was uh, number five, Subnautica. Number four, Spider-Man number three astrobot rescue mission number two assassin's creed odyssey and number one god of war all right now i'm gonna read well it seems to me it seems to me that the the, the show's yes. game of the year has to be god of war right
1: easy no no debate i mean yeah locked and loaded two twos and a one
0: that's a pretty high average baby and
2: yeah i going back to what i had said earlier about the sony thing and everything now it all comes back around yeah
0: no i mean I, I get accused of being a sony fanboy which is ridiculous because when i was doing totally rad show i got accused of being an xbox fanboy because it was the xbox 360 you can year. be both oh i get it i see um but uh they have a very they had a very strong stable this I year mean, and it looks like they have
2: hey microsoft make games that rival these games
0: yeah well christian had an xbox exclusive on his list but uh yes you're right uh Yes. Um, so God of War, congratulations. DLC's official game of the year. Favorite game <laughs> of the year. Uh, that's pretty awesome. Uh, I was very surprised, actually, that that game won the, uh, you know, was winning as many awards as it has. I, I thought it would be overshadowed by Red Dead, but I'm glad it's not. Um, but I want to read our last year's list. Christian asked me when we were talking about this episode uh, this week. He he said, you know, what do you think is better, 2017 or 2018? In terms of games so i think we should look at our 2017 top five and our 2018 top five and decide if we could only have one which would it be which one do you think is better so i went back and listened to last year's episode anthony's 2017 top five from five to one are number five what remains of edith finch number four cuphead number three near automata number two resident evil seven and number one legend of zelda breath of the wild Christian's top five, number five, Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, number four, Destiny 2, number three, Mario Odyssey, number two, Horizon Zero Dawn, and number one, Uncharted Lost Legacy. Oh, that's a good list. Oh, mm-hmm. I like that list still. And my my top five from 2017 is Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle? Kingdom Battle, yes. Uh, what Remains of Edith Finch at number four, number three. Divinity Original Sin 2, number two, Horizon Zero Dawn, and number one, Lone Echo.
2: So, And for the record, Anthony. the game of the show was Horizon Zero Dawn,
0: another Sony game. Oh
2: my god, he's another like... Another
0: Sony exclusive. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, I think a part of the problem with that, if if there is a problem, I don't think there is a problem. Those are no, I'm,
2: I'm not saying there's a problem. I was using it as support... That Because you guys were debating me and I was using it as support of Sony needs to keep pumping out its stuff because clearly it's working on you guys.
0: Well, that's true. Uh, but I also think that Christian and I and all three of us really, but but even I think more dramatically, Christian and I have kind of divergent taste in games. Uh-huh. But the one Venn diagram overlap that is reliable is our love of Third person action RPG type, you know, open worldy games. Um, so, fair. You know, that's that, that game. Those games kind of tend to we, we had uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider one year, Rise and Zero Dawn, God of War. I mean, it's it's uh, when it's a bias
1: <laughs> when turn 10 uh, or Playground Games, sorry, when Playground Games releases their Fable game exclusive to Xbox I think there's a very good chance that it that's a favorite I'm, game of that year based on pedigree also. and what that game could be again it's a rumor the game's not officially announced but I'm just saying
2: it's gonna yeah. came up uh, come out the same year as last of us too and
0: you know what's gonna win <laughs> I don't actually I don't I don't I, I know it's gonna win for a Christian's heart come on um so Anthony uh, you heard your 2017 list what do you what do you take 2018 over 2017 here's, or here's
2: my issue. I, Legend of Zelda, is better than everything but Red Dead on this year's list. I think, but the other games are no like they would be underneath two, three, four. Pick a five. list, so Anthony. It's, it's this pick year. a list. It's this year. It's
1: this
0: year. Dang! Wow, Christian. What about you? This year or last year?
1: It's so hard. It's <laughs> pick a list. Pick a list. Pick <laughs> a list. So hard. Recency makes me want to pick this year's list, um, but I, I think I think it's last year. I think I'm going to go with 2017, but just just barely. My God, I, I think I think it's safe to say that 2017 was beaten. If you you know, it's not hard to make that argument. Like last year's, yeah. like you could never top this. I think it's very easy to say it was top, but last year, Mario Odyssey and Zelda. Oh my. God those are great. Those are great, great games. It's it's by a hair. It's 2017 for me.
0: It's, it's very hard for me. I think God of war is better than everything last year, but I really love lone echo and still feel like it's an achievement. Um, and divinity original sin two is so great. God of war, Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Spider-Man are like three of the best third person action games ever. Um, I mean, Horizon Zero Dawn is in that list too of best third-person action games ever. Uh, well, Christian, man. you did
2: it to me, but you're not doing it to Jeff? What is this about? Well,
1: I'm just waiting for him not to pick this year and then be like, your third favorite game of all time doesn't push this yeah. list well, over that's, for
0: you? Honestly, that's really the determining factor is I think God of War pushes it over, but man, it is neck and neck. I think 2018 barely beats 2017 for me, but just barely. Um, and what a... What a golden age we're living through. In 2019,
1: you got work to do. Work,
0: work. Uh, Yeah, but there's looks like there's promising stuff on the horizon. We'll be talking about that next week. Uh, But I also wanted to bring up, you know, we also do every year some other categories uh, quickly. Um, Let's start with the other end of the spectrum. Biggest disappointment of 2018. And I'm going to put a stipulation. Can't say Fallout 76. Uh, so so uh, this will be the Fallout 76 memorial category, uh, where it's just it—it's like the, the trophy just looks like Fallout 76. I don't know if
1: that game was a disappointment to any of us because I think for at least for me, it I think was. Anthony said this earlier. It's what I kind of expected.
0: Yeah,
2: it, uh, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't to me. Uh, I think, I think I was on at least two podcasts where I was like, "This game is not for me," <laughs> and and it was not for me, and <laughs> not for other people. But yeah, so it not it. But I I think that is a fair, because that is an easy, that's an easy picking.
0: So, uh, Christian, let's start with you. What is your biggest disappointment of 2018? Uh,
1: If you've listened to the show all year, I I don't think this will be a shock to you, but it's Far Cry 5's story. Specifically, the story and how it kind of contrasted with the open world game. I loved the gameplay and the moment-to-moment of that game. I think I am maybe the only person on our show that's talked about all of the DLC. I know I'm on the show every week, so it's easy for me to be the one to do it, but I feel like we didn't have guests that really talked about the expansions when they were on, when they came out, and I played those and loved them, and I really loved that game and everything it did, and I'm excited for this next one because I I a New Dawn. I like that fall, uh, Fallout. I like that Far Cry um, gameplay, but I felt like the juxtaposition of a story that felt self-serious and a game that let me stand on the wing of a plane with a bear shooting rocket launchers it w- w- disappointed me. But to me, disappointment also has to go with expectations. So I think I held that game up to a higher standard maybe than I should have knowing what Far Cry f- stories often are. But I think leading up to it, the the box art, what the devs were talking about, the s- snippets they showed, um, and I don't think it paid off even its own story in a super satisfying way so i loved the game i just wish the story the narrative was um a little more in line with how i played most of that game
0: anthony what about you biggest
2: disappointment so up until the launch of forsaken i would have said destiny to <laughs> from last year but i've i feel like they fixed a lot so my biggest do- disappointment is actually we happy few
0: oh yeah that's a um, great pick yeah
2: I love Bioshock. Uh, I love Bioshock 1, 2, and Infinite. Uh, I think some of this is on me because I wanted the game to be, you know. Something it uh,
0: isn't.
2: Something it isn't. But at the same time, they, they put out that early access part. And then they were like, no, no, no. We we took it back and we put in a story. We're going more Bioshocky. And And I, I played through it and was just like, no. This is, I just, I did not enjoy. Yeah anything of it it it's really just kind of disappointing and i think even if uh, apart from the bioshocky like them saying hey we're gonna take it out and tone down the survival elements and put in story stuff even that is just it very it seems very obvious that's what they did
0: yeah that's a great pick i f- i second that one i had such high hopes for that game and boy it uh, failed to live up uh but my biggest disappointment and you guys are gonna make fun of me but Christian remembers how genuinely excited for this I was, is Sea of Thieves. Uh, I really thought it was going to be the game that all my friends and I were going to hop in and have so much fun playing. And it just felt like it was going to be like um, Star Trek Bridge Crew. But every E3 you you came
1: back so jazzed. I was like, I don't don't see it. Yeah. We never played
2: Sea of Thieves, Jeff. I think you I could have turned you around. You liked it. Yeah. Yes, I did enjoy Sea of Thieves. I you know, it's it's kind of the DLCs and stuff, the they're they're not great, so I'm I'm kinda off it, but I yeah, it didn't disappoint me. I had fun with it for the amount of time I did play it and it was a goofy thing.
0: Yeah. I just it just never I really I mean it's the game that I got Xbox Game Pass for, so I guess I, should think I think you, you and like millions that. of people cause you yeah. get the free trial and then you're like, Oh, yeah. let me try it. Nope. Well, sorry. But now I'm glad I have Xbox game pass. So I guess I could, I can credit it that, but, uh, it's man, true. I, I just never found the fun in it. Just didn't, it felt like an empty world that didn't have anything to do. And yeah, I know a lot of people love it as it sounds like I, w-
2: I will say this. It, they say, Oh, we're, we're making it better. It has not gotten any better. So if you don't, <laughs> if you don't like, if you didn't like it before, you're not going to like it now. Um, and I think if you did definitely. like it, it definitely wears on you no matter what.
0: Alright, our next little uh, category is biggest surprise. Uh, Anthony, what do you what do you have for your biggest surprise?
2: So Monster Hunter World would be my biggest surprise, but it made my top five. So my non-top five pick is Yakuza 6. Ooh, uh, I never played life. that. I, si- similar to Monster Hunter, never played a Yakuza game. I thought why not try this game? And it is, I love it. It was great. It was, uh, you sing karaoke, you <laughs> beat up on guys. It, it The story is very like soap opera-y and has, you know, the the very exaggerated character tropes of like the, the boss that has no shirt on and he sits in the back and he waits to kill all his thugs and then he shows up and you think, oh, well, I'm, you know, I'm a very fit, athletic guy this guy's gonna be no problem and he's just twirling around you it's it's really fun uh i the issue is i i jumped in at number six but they're kind of like taking the six engine and remaking the other ones um with the kiwami subtitle so i might i might start over but i really really was surprised that i enjoyed yakuza 6 i thought there
0: was no way My biggest surprise I have to credit Christian for, because I would never have played it without his urging, and that is uh, Yoku's Island Express.
1: Yay! uh, Which,
0: which, yeah, surprised me. I really loved it. Christian raved and raved and raved about it, and I ended up buying it on his recommendation, and it's darn fun. I suspect you'll be bringing it up later as well. Uh, But, man, it surprised me. It, It delighted me. It's a... A concept that is wholly original and wacky, but works. They pull it off. It's great fun. So uh, I highly recommend trying it on Switch. Um, Yoku's Island Express.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What a great game. Uh, My biggest surprise is PSVR. I think (laughs) with how little it seemed like Sony even kind of put behind it, like at PSX, I guess last year, whenever the last one was, like they had a decent amount of games there to play, but it wasn't a big part. I did the scaled back press conference, right. Of like a deep dive with dreams and a couple of other games. And then at E3, you know, I, I played, um, like London heist and a couple of the games and experiences. But again, it wasn't like at their press conference, it wasn't highlighted in any way, shape or form. And I think that this is PSVR's best year, hands down since it's come out. And I think PSVR's lineup this year is maybe you know the best vr lineup to come out i know that there's some great oculus and vive exclusives um, but i think the games that playstation vr saw released this year in addition to its price point and ease of use i know i complained about putting on vr headsets um, but it's ease of use compared to the others um, speaks volumes and i was just blown away by a device that it seemed like you know was maybe Forgotten the way move controllers were during the PlayStation Three or Wonder Book or whatever PlayStation Three era to have just absolutely phenomenal games and experiences come out on come out on it this year, especially the back half of the year was a very pleasant surprise.
0: Yeah, I, I second that. It is hitting its stride in a big way, and I'm I'm encouraged that it seems like more people are getting in on it with the price lowering and all that stuff too. So, I hope the next year, the 2019 year for PSVR capitalizes on that momentum next category our final category of these ancillary little categories is most underrated game of 2018 uh i will start and mine is starlink battle for atlas uh i don't hear anybody talking about this game it's a toy to life game uh and i think people just kind of write those off these days it's a great game a really good game I have – it's underrated even by me because I have barely played it. But it's really good and uh, I think more people should talk about it. Uh, it is – I'm rooting for it. I think the toys are cool looking. Uh, the gameplay is really fun. It's got lots of cool things to do. Uh, I I wish it had more hype. Uh, Starlink yeah. Battle for Atlas. I think the toy element is really like
2: the, what is kind of turning people off. But it, it is – if you, if you took away the toy element and just like showed it off for what it is, I think a lot of people would, you know, look at it as kind of like a retro inspired Star Fox almost. Well, I mean, Star it has Fox Star is Fox in it. Yeah. But, you know, like it, it it's actually really fun. I agree with you 100%. Yeah.
0: So what is your most uh, underrated, Anthony? My most underrated is A Way Out. Hmm.
2: Um, I feel like... Uh, the ambition of the game maybe outpaced certain other elements, but the playing with another person, seeing each other on screen, I I sat down and I played it with a friend in one sitting. We were on the same couch um, and it was like silly and fun and and I don't know, like it, it's supposed to be like a really emotional thing the whole way through but there were so so many fun things that i just remember doing like just kind of ruining the experience like oh this cool moment where it's slow motion i'm supposed to catch you and and i didn't catch my friend and then we just crack up um but then there are some things that like it pulls off twists that are only capable with this concept um that i think are really great and i i think the game is not going to get Enough credit for what it tries to do because there are other things that I think aren't as great
0: hmm. so that's a way out a way out Christian Spicer, what is your most underrated game?
1: I'm gonna cheat because there's three and I'll list them real quick so I don't spend a lot of time on them Number one wipe out Omega the VR update free update to the entire game one of my favorite games ever. And an incredible VR update to it that is free if you have the game. And not enough people talked about it. They did it. They absolutely nailed VR implementation of Wipeout. Shadow of the Colossus, a perfect remake of almost an almost perfect game. And it just got forgotten. <laughs> um, the best way to experience that game hands down. And I think everyone should experience that game. And then Guacamelee! 2 which I think there's just with dead cells and Celeste and owl boy and all these other games, I feel like because it was a sequel and everybody raved about it when the first one came out all those years ago, this game still reviewed like nines and tens across the board, but I think it kind of got lost in the, the banner year that um, platformers and Metroidvanias had.
0: Very cool. Very cool list. All right. We do have uh, our five dark horse picks our, our diamonds in the rough Uh, coming right up, but let me take a quick break and thank our final sponsor, which is Palm. This is really cool. Uh, Palm is a, a, it's a, it's a device that works alongside your cell phone. We all have cell phones. We all are married to our cell phones. My cell phone over the last few years has gotten bigger and bigger and bigger, And that means it's not always super convenient to take places. It's not convenient to go take into the gym with me. It's not convenient to maybe slip into tight jean pockets. Uh, But Palm is there to work alongside your smartphone. It's not a replacement for your smartphone. It's connected to it. It syncs all your existing data on your smartphone. Uh, All your info is seamlessly connected when you leave your smartphone behind. And Palm is there to be a tiny version that you take with you. It's, it's the size of a credit card, easily fits in your wallet or your pockets. So when you're on the go, rather than holding onto that big phone, you have this tiny little thing that does the things you need on the go. It's got two cameras, Android OS, full Google Play app ecosystem, 4G and Wi-Fi. It has all the mobility and capability of a smartphone, but so much smaller, so much easier, so much more convenient. It's really, really cool. So like take it to the beach, take it to nights out, take it on a run. This is cool. So check it out. Go over to palm.com, P-A-L-M.com to learn more. Uh, And then go to your nearest Verizon store to check out Palm for yourself. You're not going to believe how light and small it is until you see it in person. And it's all available at your local Verizon store today. All right guys, I'm going to I'm going to do the jingle one more time cuz it's the last time we're going to hear it until next year and I just love this jingle. So here we go. All right. Now it's time for one of my favorite things we do at this time of year. And that is uh, name check some games that probably won't be mentioned enough around the end of the year that are worth revisiting, worth rethinking about and uh, came out this year, but you know, aren't going to make people's top 10 list maybe, but, uh, but definitely are worth it. So uh, let's start with Christian this time. What are your top five? You can just list all five of them. Uh, your five diamonds in the rough.
1: Pokemon, let's go EV, Um, a delightful game that I've already put 20 hours into, I think, and I'm just really enjoying it. It sucked me back in the way it complements the Switch pick up and play, pick up, you know, pick up for five minutes, put down type of um, play style, which Pokemon have always been handhelds, but seeing Pokemon in real s- like actual size and walking around the map. And I think the things it it didn't do everything perfect that I want to see the next Pokemon game, but I think the elements it took from Pokemon go and some of the changes it made to that classic formula are really strong. And I hope to see some of that carried forward. So that's Pokemon. Let's go Um, Moss, which was, I played on PlayStation VR quill was such an incredible character. So emotive. And I love the animations and these wonderful dioramas and it, it didn't overstate its welcome and it told a really cool story and established a world in a way that I want to learn more about the world, but doesn't beat you over the head with it with like, what's over here, find out next season on lost, <laughs> you know, it's just kind of like this really cool world that you inhabit that your story happens to take place in, um, and just an absolutely beautiful game. And then my next three, you're going to see I think shows why Celeste was number one for me this year, because I love these types of games. Uh, yoku's island express which you've talked about it marries pinball and metroidvania and in, in a way that you should, <laughs> would get laughed out of shark tank right like yeah 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 not, not gonna work also your protagonist is a dung beetle <laughs> get out of here it <laughs> works and it works so well and the, the music is also incredible guacamelee 2 which i already talked about as an underrated game um i waited for the switch version so i have not completed it yet But the more time I put into it, the more and more I fall in love with it. And when it hits its stride of like switching dimensions, doing a power grappling to dash and then switching dimensions back to land on a platform and then combining that with combat as well. It is exquisite. And if you liked the first, I can't recommend the second enough. And then Dead Cells, which you were surprised wasn't on my list. And I think it's just because I had a (laughs) five hours of bad runs where I was like, forget this game forever. Um (laughs) But it's such an exquisite game, um, and the way that it's it's like Anthony said, he set it up so well. Like I'm just gonna run for some souls, for some cells. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm at the hand of the king. I guess this is gonna be. It. I'm dead. I'm I'm dead. Uh, that was a bad. Uh, what a waste of two hours. Um, but those three games, Yoku's Guacamelee, and uh, Dead Cells are, you know, what I love, and they did it so well.
0: I will go next. Uh, My five diamonds in the rough are uh, into the breach, which is from the makers of FTL. It's a really wonderful turn-based strategy game with mechs that kind of almost plays like a a game of chess or, or some sort of tabletop game. Uh, Really fun. Thinky, simple, but deep. Uh, I, I really loved it. I loved it this year. It's into the breach. Uh, Bard's tale Four. Bard's Tale, the original Bard's Tale, is one of my favorite games of all time. It's one of the games that made me into a gamer. And the spirit of that game is alive and well in Bard's Tale 4. It's uh, really beautiful. It's got that cool party, first-person style that you don't see very much anymore. Fun puzzles, cool combat, a lot of personality. I love it. Bard's Tale 4 a game that I played very early in the year, but has had a lasting impact on me. It's still installed on my hard drive and I still play it from time to time. Opus Magnum, which is a wild sort of contraption making game where you're, you're kind of constructing these almost uh, Rube Goldberg type machines uh, that have to forge elements and do so in um, specific ways. But the, there's no one solution to any of the puzzles it's it's basically a puzzle game that is open to your creativity and you can make insanely complex machines or simple machines that all have viable solutions to the puzzle it's addictive smart fun to watch It's just like this kind of visceral joy in watching a very complex machine that you've built work and do the thing it's supposed to do move a thing over here lift it rotate it push it over here opus magnum great great game on steam and then christian mentioned it already moss uh it got a little overshadowed for me by uh how great astrobot rescue mission is but it it certainly doesn't diminish moss any moss is a wonderful platformer in VR, beautiful fairy tale world. uh, uh, As Christian said, a great protagonist, fun combat that kind of splits your brain into doing two things at once. Uh, Just a beautiful, beautiful game. And I can't wait to see what's next from that studio. And then number one for me is a game that, that made a play for being on my actual top five list. This is one of the best experiences I had all year and it's beat saber. Uh, again, a VR game, but my goodness, it is just so fun to use lightsabers to play music or slice music as the case may be. Uh, Yeah. Beat Saber is great fun. It's a workout. It's a, a concept that is insane, but can only work in VR. It's, I love it. And it, it, it deserves recognition again at the end of the year. So Anthony, I'll let you have the last word. What is your five Diamonds in the Rough?
2: Okay, my number one is uh, technically it released in 2017, but like at the very end, and then other platforms came out this year. It's Goragoa. Uh, I I I really, really enjoyed this game. It's hard to even describe. It is a uh, puzzle game where essentially you're trying to – Uh, manipulate the perspective by zooming in on certain elements so that they kind of align with the foreground and create sometimes platforms or there are so many different things you're trying to do. But I think I think the basic uh, selling point is, you know, imagine you have a ball on the left side of the screen and it's in the foreground. You there's a shelf and then there's like I don't know the horizon in the background. You zoom in so they line up, and you can roll the ball, and it ends up in the background. It's 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 really neat. It does some crazy cool things, and it's a fun uh, puzzle game to just. It's on mobile. It's on it's on basically everything to just kind of I don't know challenge your brain a little bit. Um, it's really fun. Uh, highly recommend. Beautiful. Too. Yes, it is beautiful. Um, number two, Octopath Traveler. Like a mm-hmm. retro uh, turn-based RPG, great art style. It it looks like a SNES game almost, um, but it has you know kind of these modern flourishes that give it a little more punch. It's um, one of one of my uh, favorite turn-based RPGs in a while. Uh, they they don't make too many of them, but I highly highly recommend Octopath Traveler. Uh, number three is Death's Gambit side scrolling kind of uh, I hate saying it, but it's like a side scrolling dark souls in a way um, it has that same kind of uh, idea of killing enemies and getting uh, currency that you can use to upgrade and having cool boss battles, but it, I highly recommend it. It's not just like a dark souls clone. It has a lot of cool things going for it. Uh, number four is dusk, which is like a retro shooter with, kind of crazy retro it kind of borrows from like the wolfenstein and the doom old old pc gaming era it's got a lot of style got a lot of cool music um it's just like a fun hop on your pc and experience if if you are a fan of doom and you're looking for something visceral like that it's i highly recommend dusk and then my last one is overcooked 2 I oh, I yeah. love Overcooked, but I think one of the things that it was missing was true online multiplayer play, and Overcooked 2 adds that. Um, so if you if you played Overcooked and you you know didn't ha- you don't have any brothers or sisters or girlfriend or whatever, and you 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 always saw the potential in the game, the multiplayer makes up for that, um, and I think that this game doesn't repeat a lot of the recipes as much it has a lot more variety to it and i um i really really enjoyed playing through the whole campaign with a friend online and we had great fun with it those are my
1: five i don't know how often we'll get to use it but we need a too many games jingle yeah. because our <laughs> well, five was yeah. almost exclusively different we had a pretty diverse games in our actual favorite five or anthony's best five of the year mm-hmm. and like I, I didn't put Red Dead in mine, uh, uh, Smash in mine. Uh, Florence is a game that we lo- both play, Jeff. That we love. It's like yeah.
0: The oh, the other game I want to mention. I forgot to mention it last week, but I I di- <laughs> I kicked myself after we got done last week not talking about it. I did buy Return to the Obra Dinn last week and have pl- played a, a fair amount of it. And I think maybe if I played that game a lot more, it may make a play for my list. I know a lot of people are raving about it. And, uh, I just wish I had a buddy to play it with it. it, It's, it's, hurts my brain to play it solo. Too Um, many games, too many games. But yeah, I mean, I I think that game is, is gorgeous and unique and interesting. And yes, there are, and it's, the train is just going to keep coming. I mean, there's, there's too many games just in February this next year. (laughs) Um, it's, it's great. And you know, um, next week we will be turning our attention to 2019 and Christian and I will be uh talk making our big uh bold and cool ranch predictions for 2019 and 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 picking what games we think will be uh hanging around this time next year for our best of lists. i don't and, even
1: know dude Ugh, i can't <laughs> believe we're already i said this before we started i can't believe it's this time of year i feel like i'm I'm, con, I'm just trying to catch my breath still i know right i'm nowhere near done with 20 tomb raider which i've absolutely adored i still
0: haven't finished yeah <sighs> Many games. Uh, but i do want to thank anthony uh you you being here every year is very special to me and you always being uh our go-to guy during the year uh having you on multiple times uh during the year is always great and and knowing that I, you can always fill in if christian's not going to be around or something uh, it's very special and i'm i'm grateful for it and i I'm proud to call you a friend and a friend of the show
2: oh, as well. That's so nice. Yeah,
0: I I I really do love doing end of the year lists. So it's
2: it is a privilege to get to you know hang out with my buddies and and though I make fun of you guys for the choices you picked, I always look forward to hearing what you chose, and it makes me excited about games in general. To you know, hear our diversity and things that we choose for all these categories. It's such a fun fun time.
0: Indeed. Well, tell people where they can keep up with you and the things you do online. Uh,
2: GameRant.com is where you can kind of find my writing or, or things that uh, are related to me. I'm Editor-in-Chief there, so I try and curate as much of the content as possible. Uh, you can also follow me on Twitter for just random musings, or you can see a picture of my child. He turns one next month, so... Yay! Yay. Um, my Twitter is at Aunt Tormina. I'll spell it for you. It's A N T. A O
0: R M I N A. Christian Spicer, how about you? What do you got going on?
1: I think I'm out of town when people are listening to this, so it's like, hey, how, it's great. I'm, it's so much fun. Uh, Twitter is the best way to see if I'm out of town, I guess. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> at Spicer, Instagram is Christian underscore Spicer and aside from these this show you're listening to in next week's uh I don't know maybe next week's will be I typically stream the shows live Sundays at 7:15 Pacific time on my Twitch which is twitchtv Spicer. but sometimes these holiday shows are are moved around a bit but you can typically find the shows streamed live there
0: yeah, we literally have no idea when we're doing next week's yet, but we will determine <laughs> that soon. Um, and I'm on uh, Twitter at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two n's and one t. Uh, we love getting your feedback at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Questions, comments, uh, guest suggestions for 2019, uh, keep them coming. Uh, we we love all of that stuff. We have the awesome folks over on our subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com. Um, And we uh, appreciate this community. It's great. We'll be talking to you about more of a look back at the year uh, of, of the show next week and looking forward to 2019 next week. So be sure to stick around for that. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place. And happy holidays. Yeah.